Today's episode is called Sexy and Free. You know, I really wanted to look into the question of what does it really mean to be free? Because a lot of times people think that true freedom is being able to do whatever you want whenever you want to. Um, And I really wanted to take a look at what is true freedom. And I think the first part of looking at that is talking about sex and relationships. I really don't know how long it's going to take to complete this topic, but it's something that I felt like it's that I needed to look further into like what does it really mean to be free so like one of the main things that I wanted to talk about was like you know the feminist movement the sexual revolution you know why sex was considered something that if you're able to have sex um especially women like back in the days um that that's true freedom that you have been able to have unrepressed sex being able to have sex with whomever you choose and whenever you choose Um, And, you know, of course, I'm going to have to come with the biblical um, and godly Christian perspective um, because, yeah, that's what this podcast is about. But, you know, without further ado, let's just get right into this episode. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Simply Mishka podcast. I hope that you had a fantastic weekend. And you know what's the interesting thing about this week's episode, two episodes from this week, is that, you know, I go back to work next week, um, go back to teaching. So I'm only be doing one episode per week on Tuesdays. So this week is the last week of July and basically it's kind of like the last week of freedom the last week of summer because i go back to work next week and so my podcast is only going to be on tuesdays starting next week and um you know i think because usually i try to make my podcast episodes like 20 to 30 minutes but i think since it's only going to be once a week i'm gonna try to make it a probably like between 30 and 40 minutes I'm not really sure so my main thing is that if I'm talking about a topic and I get out what needs to be said and what needs to be done and if it fits in between a time of 20 to 30 minutes and that that's fine because like I don't want to be somebody that drags on on a topic and tries to like drag it out so it can fit a specific time like no like if I talk about what I need to talk about if I said what I need to said what I needed to say then that's all fine and good okay I don't need to extend or prolong something I'm gonna get to the point kind of person okay and you don't need to beat around the bush you need to get done and, and said what needs to be done and said okay all right, so today's topic that I wanted to talk about is today's title. It's called Sexy and Free. Um, you know, I was like, a couple of days ago, I was doing a Bible study. I think this is the one that I posted on um, my website for one of the Bible studies. So the Bible study from July 23rd. And I'm going to definitely link it in the, well, on the episode notes and also probably like in the episode description, I'm going to link it. And so it's just something that I really wanted to talk about because a lot of times that people think that when you're able to have the freedom to have sex with whoever and whenever you want, that that's truly what freedom is. And I kind of just wanted to look into that because I'm like, are you really free? Because, you know, um, and that made me just kind of like start looking into like briefly, like what is a sexual revolution? 
you know, what is, you know, when did this whole thing kind of like start, you know what I mean? And also like looking into what is abstinence, what is celibacy and kind of like looking at why, how does God see sex? How does God see, um, sexual immorality? You know, like I'm um, having sex outside of marriage how does, you know, pornography, things like that. And one message that I was listening to like, yesterday and also like a little bit this morning was a message by pa- Pastor Mike Todd you know what i'm gonna definitely link that one in the episode description it's called the compromise of pornography and it was a really really good message and it's crazy because a lot of times like pornography is so prevalent and there's a lot of people that struggle with it in the church um but they don't really talk about it because i know i remember in the message he said that in the church seven out of ten men between i think it was ages of 20 to 30 watch pornography or something like that and then um it was for women it was 30 percent of women struggle with um watching pornography now if i don't necessarily get the facts straight off uh, of my head that's what i really remember when he said like um seven out of ten because that, that's a large number um but yeah i'm definitely gonna link that episode that you know message that he did in the episode description it was really really good it was a really good good message or you can even watch it on youtube because you know pastor mike always has like all like his transformation church always has really good graphics so i can link both i can link um the message that he did listen to the spotify link and also i can just link um the youtube one as well like everything that I talk about, like whether the scriptures that I use, um, the websites that, that I um, get my notes from and things like that, I'm going to put it in the episode notes on my website. Okay. So simplymishka.com. All of my social media and things like that are also always going to be in the episode description. But anyway, let's get started. You know, so one thing that I really wanted to look at when I was, you know, thinking about like sex and what it really means is like, when did all of this start? You know, like the sexual revolution. And um, it looks like it really started like in the 1960s here in America. And so I was reading something on PBS and it's called The Pill and the Sexual Revolution. And um, so it says, as the feminist movement evolved in the late 1960s, so of course it had something to do with the feminist movement, it says women started challenging their exclusion from politics and the workplace. They also began to question traditional sexual roles. Okay, so um, immorality or empowerment. It says at the core of the sexual revolution was the concept radical at the time that women just like men enjoyed sex and had sexual needs. Feminists asserted that single women had the same sexual desires and should have the same sexual freedoms as everyone else in society. For feminists, the sexual revolution was about female sexual empowerment. For social conservative, the sexual revolution was an invitation for promiscuity and an attack on the very foundation of American society, the family. Feminists and social conservatives quickly clashed over morality of the sexual revolution and the pill was drawn into the debate. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Oh. The pill as scapegoat, as sexual as female sexuality and premarital sex moved out of the shadows, the pill became a convenient scapegoat for the sexual revolution among social conservatives. Many argued that the pill was, in fact, responsible for the sexual revolution. 
the pill's revolutionary breakthrough that it allowed women to separate sex from procreation was what conservatives feared most. The theory was that the risk of pregnancy and the stigma that went along with it prevented single women from having sex and married women from having affairs. Since women on the pill could control their fertility, single and married women could have sex anytime, anyplace, and with anyone without the risk of pregnancy. Um, and the last thing, let me see. Well, it's not the last thing. I don't even know if I should read the full article. I'm just going to read um, one more thing. It was talking about the, the double standard. Although it was acceptable for single men to have sex, the idea of young women behaving in the same way disturbed many in America. In a 1966 feature on the pill and morality, the magazine U.S. News and World Report asks, is the pill regarded as a license for promiscuity? Can its availability to all women of childbearing age lead to sexual anarchy? The author Pearl Buck took an even more dire doomsday approach to the pill when she warned in 1968 Reader's Digest article, everyone knows what the pill is. It is a small object, yet its potential effect often up effect upon our society may be even more devastating than a nuclear bomb. And the thing is, like, I, that person really did have a point. Like, the sexual revolution, it was, I, it was one of the leading causes, you know, of the destruction of the nuclear family. And it's, it's not even just that. It's like, it's things like so even if people weren't having sex outside of marriage you still have you know pornography like people can still look at pornography and things like that i mean there is there's a lot of things that were censored in the 1960s or even like before that because i would love watching you know shows like i love lucy like the, when they have the reruns like i know even on hulu they have like i love lucy and I used to, when I could find it on YouTube, I love watching I Dream of Jeannie. Like, I just love watching sometimes the old shows, the, the old shows in black and white. And even for I Love Lucy, there was a time when ever they would show Lucy and, and, and Ricky's bedroom, they would have, like, separate beds. And I think when it got more closer to the 60s, you would actually see them um, with their bed together, like, in just one bed. Because there was a time, like, whenever you would see on TV shows... Um, that they would be in separate beds and things like that. And um, just even I remember uh, being a big thing for I Dream of Jeannie was like she would always wear like you could see like her stomach, but her belly button had to be covered. Like she couldn't be showing like her belly button. Like that was like a huge deal. And, you know, there's a lot of things that changed. And I really want to look into this more. But, you know, the main thing that I want to focus on is like sexy and free. Because it's like one question that I asked myself when I wrote the Bible study on July 23rd or, or when I did it, like the main question that, you know, came out to me was, you know, like, who do you think is more free? A person that goes around having sex with whoever they want or someone that is practicing celibacy or abstinence. And the thing is, like, I think one of the main issues, like, when I, I'm, I'm looking at what was happening in the 1960s, you know, how they were talking about um, women, you know, had sexual desires to women wanted to have sex. And a lot of the times, like, you know, women were supposed to be the ones that were, you know, demure and neat and proper. Like, you wouldn't think that they would have sexual needs and they would have sexual desires. And that's not true. And I think... um 
one of the big mistakes that they always made in to me that and they still make it in the church was the fact that they don't talk about sex enough you know you, they tell kids you know you're not supposed to have sex until you're married and this and that whatever but they never ever talk about like things like pornography they never ever talk about why do you need to save yourself until marriage they don't talk about those things it's like a lot of things have been taboo in the church a lot of things that pastors don't talk about and it's the very same things that they don't talk about is the things that a lot of people in their congregation is struggling with and it's like i feel like it's very foolish to think that just because somebody is saving their self for marriage to think that they don't think about sex to think that they don't struggle with loss to think that they don't struggle um with watching porn and things like that you know because like they you know seem to think well i'm not having you know sex i'm not i'm you know people think talk about you know using vibrators or um masturbation or you know just different things like that and it's like no all of those things anything sex outside of marriage or any acts of sex outside of marriage is sexual immorality and is considered a sin to god and it's like when it when it comes to the sexual revolution, when it comes to having sex outside of marriage, it's to me, I feel like when you go about having sex with whoever and whatever, that you lack discipline and your desires and the things that you want are able to take over. So it's like you have almost no self-control because a lot of times like people that struggle with you know masturbation or they struggle with pornography a lot of the time just like you say oh i'm just gonna because even pastor mike he was talking about it you know like he would say like when he was younger when he was struggling with um pornography he said oh no i'm just gonna watch it for like 30 minutes and then 30 minutes turned into an hour or turned into three hours and it's like you always say well you know i'm just gonna do this much but the thing is like once you feed sin it, it continues to be hungry and it continues to want more and more and more. So whatever you were doing before, so even if you were just doing a little bit, then it, that little bit, like probably like five minutes, two minutes, 15 minutes, it's not going to be enough. Next thing is going to turn into like 30, like 30 minutes. Next thing is going to turn into hours. Like when you're supposed to be doing, like when you're supposed to be doing your work or your homework or something important, you're busy, you know, f- filling your needs whether it's through masturbation whether it's through um you know porn you know whether it's through having like sex with multiple people just to like you know satisfy your urges or satisfy you know your desires and things like that and that's like a huge problem um there was something um that I was reading on Healthline it says why more women are saying no to casual sex um Let's see. It says sex positivity, the feminist movement that's pushing to destigmatize sex should be great for women. The counterculture's roots began in the 1960s, which we were talking about before, with sex positivity being about the power of undenied and unrepressed sex. In the early 1980s, the focus took a feminist turn against anti pornography um, feminists. All right, so let's see where they were talking about. It says there, there's. Well, it kind of like skipped ahead. It says, there's just one little problem. The casual sex straight women are having is bad. Um, let's see. It was talking about like how 
It says, when I tell other women when I'm taking a break from non-sexual sex, they tell me they understand completely. They aren't swearing off casual sex because they want serious relationships or because they can't handle casual arrangements, which is the prevailing cultural stereotype about women. No, these women are saying they don't enjoy casual sex on a basic level. There's no emotional investment in casual sex. Still, emotional investment isn't a prerequisite for good sex. So what is it that makes casual sex so bad for straight women? Um, it says the most common denominator is the bad sex stories I hear from women is men who are doing the bare minimum for female pleasure. Um, you know what? I think one of the main things that that's a problem when it comes to casual sex is that you don't really have to care about a stranger's needs versus like when you are married to that person, you want to make sure that you're pleasing your spouse, that you want to make sure that it's a good experience for the both of you. But when you're just with a stranger, it's like both of you are, you only care about your own needs being satisfied. You don't really care about the other person because it's like you don't really know them. Like, why would you need to make sure that they feel pleasure? You just want to make sure that you get what you need and then then you're out. You have no investment in that person. Versus, like, if you're married, you want your spouse to feel, you know, feel good. You want them to to have a good time. Like, you want that for both of you guys. You know, it's not just about one person. Um, And it's just, it, it, there's kind of like a selfishness that comes into it, too. Um, you're, you're just looking to fulfill your needs. You're not looking to fulfill anybody else's needs. Um, but you know, I want to kind of like just get into like the scripture aspect of it. Um, so from the, the, when I asked the question, it says, who do you think is more free? A person that goes around having sex with whoever they want or somebody that is practicing celibacy or abstinence. And I said, I was like, sleeping with multiple people requires no discipline. Why absence and celibacy does. Given into sexual immorality has consequences such as STDs, unwanted pregnancies, abortion, emotion, emotional entanglements, unnecessary soul ties, etc. Someone like that is weak spiritually and has provided an open door for the enemy to work in their life. A person practicing celibacy or abstinence has a stronger self-will and discipline. They are not easily swayed to live in sin. True freedom is making choices that add value to your life in the long run because not all good things come immediately, okay? And so I was reading, it was in Galatians. And let me see, what chapter was it? So Galatians chapter five, and I'm gonna look at a specific verse. All right, so verse 16, it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires uh, that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are under no obligation to the law of Moses. Okay, verse 19 says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. And it's like some of these sins, they feel great in the moment. 
but they have dire consequences. Sex, masturbation, and watching pornography, among other things, feel good in the moment, but there is sin in the eyes of God, and God hates sin. Okay, sin weakens you spiritually and draws you farther away from God. Anyone that lives a lifestyle of sin will not inherit the kingdom of God. God is able to choose who he wants to be in his kingdom and who he doesn't. And then he wants holiness and righteousness. He does not want the dirtiness of sin to contaminate his kingdom. Sin leads to death and destruction. Righteousness leads to life and fruitfulness. Okay. So a lot of the times what people don't realize is that sin weakens you. Um, it weakens you spiritually and it, uh, it makes you not able to fight against the enemy. And so like for me... Of course, the, the main goal of this podcast is to make sure, you know, I come from the, the Christian perspective, come from the biblical perspective. And I'm saying this is the way that God intended something to be is the way that it is supposed to be. Like the creator of something, you know, like how every time you buy a phone, every time you buy any piece of technology or whatever it is, it comes with a manual. And the thing is, God gave us the Bible as our manual of how we're supposed to be living our life. And... Like, he's the creator. He knows how things were meant to be. Like, he created love. He created the concept of sex. So, since he's the creator of it, he would know how it's supposed to be done, how it's supposed to be used. You know, when when Adam and Eve, Eve were created, God said, and this is the reason why a man should leave, a, like, his house, or why he should leave his family to, um, to cleave to his wife, and they become one. And that's what marriage is. You know, he told Adam and Eve that they need to go out, be fruitful and to multiply you know sex was created to be in uh within marriage and it's also created for you know procreation i think one of the big things that um they didn't especially like they have come not to like is because a lot of times that women were kind of just seen as somebody that's supposed to just have sex and to have the babies and that's it that women weren't necessarily supposed to enjoy sex and a lot of times men were the ones like even back in the bible days men were the ones that were struggling with sex like solomon had so many wives like hundreds like he had like hundreds of concubines like that's one thing that weakened um solomon a lot because a lot of his multiple wives and all the concubines that he had led him away from god because he started um worshiping their gods as well david had issues with um you know, with sex as well, because, you know, with issues with lust, because when he was supposed to be at war, he saw Bathsheba taking a bath and he ended up having sex with her and got her pregnant. And like, she was married, you know, so there's so many different men throughout the Bible that had issues with lust and with sex. And the same thing with, um, um, let's see, Samson, Samson and Delilah, like everybody should know the story of Samson and Delilah, like she was a weakness for him, like he had a weakness when it it came to sex, you know what I mean, and it's just, a lot of times these are the things that get you in trouble, when you go outside of um, the context of what God created something to be, be like you get yourself in trouble and i think one thing that pastor mike had mentioned when he was talking about this he's like the devil wants you to have as much sex as possible outside of marriage but then when you are married he doesn't want you to have sex you know you see how the funny part is like sex was intended for marriage you know but a lot of times like when you're married like you end up not really having sex but it's like you have all this desire to have sex and to do all this stuff outside of outside of marriage because the devil will want you to do things the way that it's not intended for it to be but when you are within um the confines of how you're supposed to be doing something he doesn't want you to do the right thing 
that's why a lot of married couples they, they struggle with when when they get married it's like the less sex that they have and it's almost as if they don't realize that you have needs like the woman has needs the the, the, the man has needs and one thing about marriage is like you can't just think about yourself and only your needs you have to think about your spouse you know and i think the feminist movement because i am not a feminist i am not here for this whole feminist movement i don't think that the the ability to have sex with um whoever you want and whoever you please is something that should be considered empowerment to and that doesn't that doesn't require any sort of discipline being able to sleep with whoever you want that doesn't require any type of discipline um like you're just given into your needs and given into like sin and I, I just really don't see it as freedom because as a matter of fact like sex comes with especially when you have multiple partners like that person leaves a little bit of themselves with you you know that's why you have you have soul ties like whenever you have um sex with somebody when you have sex outside of marriage you're creating like all these unnecessary soul ties um soul ties that you do not need and so like if somebody if you don't really understand what's the concept of soul ties it's like when you are bound to that person because you know like how it says like when a man and woman they get married they become one so when you have sex with someone it's kind of like you're making a blood covenant so god sees it as a covenant between a man and a woman because when um i know i don't remember when i know back in the day when they wanted to check to make sure that the marriage was consummated they would check like the bed sheets to see if the woman bled because back in those days that they they would say like if she was a virgin and they were having sex for the first time and they consummated the marriage that it was um natural for the woman to bleed a little because she's never had sex before and so it's like to god that is seen as a um blood covenant so when a man and a woman come together in marriage and they consummate that marriage that's seen as a covenant before god that this man and this woman have now um said that they are now one so whoever you're having sex with you're making that covenant over and over again so when you're having multiple partners because if you ever realize when you're in a relationship for a long time and when you're married you start to take on the characteristics um of your spouse so it's like especially when you've when, when you've been with them for a long time when you've been in a relationship for a long time you start taking on traits and characteristics you might say the things that they would say you might act the way that they would act and it's like when people are having sex with multiple partners you are taking on that um personality of that person that you might be taking away like some of their baggage that they have that you don't even realize because you don't really know the person that well and then sometimes you're thinking to yourself you know you're experiencing different things in your life you're like why is this happening like this is not something that i used to struggle with but it's one thing that you don't know is because of that person that you had that encounter with because of that person that you had sex with and you're struggling with all these different things spiritually and um, people don't even realize that. They don't even realize that. And sex is something that weakens you spiritually. Like other than having soul ties, like like getting into entanglements that you don't need to get into, is like it weakens you spiritually. Because they're like you. The sad thing is like you have a lot of leaders in the church, um, especially like youth leaders, youth pastors, um, that are having sex outside of marriage and they're not setting a good example for the youth and it's like how are you supposed to be leading and shepherding um other people but you're not living the way that god has called you to live mm, that is like just just completely unacceptable you cannot pour into somebody 
when um, you're supposed to be a leader. Like leaders have a huge responsibility. And if you're not taking that responsibility seriously, God is gonna, God is not gonna be too happy with that. He is not gonna be happy with that at all. Um, so it's like whenever you are being a leader in something, you have to make sure that you're doing what you need to do as a leader. Um, because you do not want to cause your brother and sister in Christ to stumble or to sin. God does not take kindness to that. Like leadership is something that God sees as something that's very serious. Um, so make no mistake about that. And, you know, so I'm just like, I'm really just trying to understand and, why is it that they feel like if you're able to have sex with anybody that that's some sort of freedom because like for me I'm waiting until marriage I'm gonna wait until marriage um to have sex and to me I feel like I have more freedom in that because I have control I'm I'm the one that's in control like I'm not gonna be made to do something that I don't want to do and there I'm not going to say that there weren't points where I felt like you know maybe if I had sex like if I'm in a serious relationship and I really love that person I could have sex with that and I think sex with them and I think the main thing where I kind of started getting that idea because I used to watch this show named Gilmore Girls I love that show Gilmore Girls was my favorite show and um Lorelai she was um she's one of the main characters and you know like she had her a daughter that was well, she had her daughter at 16. And so um, when Rory, her daughter was 16, so Lorelai, when Rory was 16, Lorelai was like 32, um, 32, 33. Um, and it's like she would have boyfriends and she would, um, you know, have like have sex with them. Like, but she wouldn't bring any guys home because she's like, she's not going to bring guys home um because her her daughter's there but it's just like just seeing that example because like for me like I used to watch tv a lot and I would look up to a lot of these like characters and I would say well if if this person's doing it then I can do it too you know what I mean and I'm like there was a time when I would consider like you know like if I really love somebody then yeah I think it, it should be fine like I think that was a time where I was very confused and um I really didn't know I didn't really know much about sex I really didn't know much about those things like I've grew up in a very sheltered um sheltered environment you know I'm a pastor's kid um so it's like there's a lot of things that we didn't learn um growing up I was very naive about certain things and you know for the most part I don't really mind that I was naive about certain things because I was able to have kind of like a normal childhood I wasn't exposed to too much sexual stuff at a, at a young age and I'm very very grateful for that but at the same time like I don't remember ever talking to you know my parents about sex when I was younger that's not really something that we talked about you know for the most part whatever I learned about sex either I learned it through watching tv shows or I learned it in my health class and because it's like there's a lot of things that I, I didn't know and I'm sure there's a lot more things that I don't know and do I really need to know it and probably not um but it's like I really kind of want to understand why it's seen as you know the, the whole sexual revolution started why is it seen as something that's female empowerment when you are able to have sex with whoever you want 
but it's like if you want to be a, a woman that you know is that stays home and, and and takes care of the kids that there's something wrong with that like like the you know, a lot of the times now female empowerment is seen as, you know, somebody that is going out there and has like the fancy job going out there and, and working, um, just like being in charge and making money and being the CEO, being the businesswoman, you know, just living life, traveling, all of this. But it's like uh, nowadays it's looked upon, looked down upon if you want to be a stay at home mom, somebody that stays home and takes care of the kids. And I'm just like, I really don't see how... There, I don't see that there's nothing There's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom and wanting to be there and take care of your kids. Like, moms are needed. Just like dads are needed. Both parents are needed. They're both very necessary because the mom is very nurturing and the dad's able to provide that stability and provide an example of what it means um, for um, for their sons, what it means to be a man, and for their, their daughters, like, what it means to be loved by a man and, like, in the right way, what it means... Like, what is a relationship really supposed to be like? You know, the dad is supposed to be the one to set that example. And um, it's like, you just, even just looking, thinking about the PBS article that I was reading, I was talking about how um, you did the, when the pill came about and now it was okay, you know, for women to have sex because they don't didn't have the fear to, to uh, of getting pregnant you know like it's like all these different things started happening you have the pill and then you have um you know you have um contraceptives you know like condoms and then you have like abortion different things like that just so people can live in sin and continue to live in a way that god did not um call us to live and you know what i think the main question should be has society become better now that people can have sex outside of marriage, have sex with whoever they want. Now that people can watch a whole bunch of pornography and see um, very graphic image. Has society become better now that you've had the feminist movement? Now that you have such things as the pill and abortion? Has society become better for that? And that's, that's my main thing. Has society become better through being able to have sex with whoever you want? Has really have relationships become better by being able to have sex with whoever you want, not really having to think about the consequences? Has our society become better? Because looking at the the way that the world is right now, I I really don't see it. I I don't see it. it like. You know, what does it really mean to be sexy? Does it mean that you have to sh- always wear revealing clothes, like showing off your skin all the time? Does that is that what it means to be sexy and free? Like you can wear as many skimpy outfits as you want, have sex with whoever you want. Like, you know, is that what sexy and free really means? That's that's what, you know, I would like to to understand like maybe i need a man's perspective of what do they see as being sexy you know like i guess like to me confidence is sexy like when i when i think about a man that i'm attracted to it's very sexy when a man's like an alpha male when he's manly when he has confidence when he knows what he wants i see that as sexy but it's like for a man what do they see as sexy is it only when you're wearing skimpy clothes is confidence a factor in it? You know, like, what did they see as sexy? I know what I see as sexy. And so, like, I, my main thing is, as Christians, because I'm just going to wrap it up right now, as Christians, our main goal in life is to make sure that we're living a life that is pleasing unto God. And sexual immorality is something that 
causes open doors for the enemy to come in any type of sin whatever it is it's like you're giving the enemy permission to come into your life to wreak havoc in your life and sexual immorality is something that a lot of people struggle with whether it's um porn masturbation having sex outside of marriage adultery those different like like just even now there's this whole even pedophilia nowadays uh, like having sex with kids is they're trying to normalize that it's like all sexual perversion just having when you take sex out of the context of what it's meant to be for we get ourselves in a lot of trouble just just a lot of trouble and um it's best to stick to how things are meant to be like you have wait until marriage to have sex and have it within the confines of marriage and it's not easy it's not easy because just because you're waiting until marriage doesn't mean that you don't struggle with like you do want to have sex you doesn't mean that people don't struggle with lust and all these different things but the thing is that you know how it says in hebrews um 12 11 says no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful but it says later on however it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it so it's like it's hard yes it is but for the most part, when you discipline yourself into doing something, the benefits of it is so much better than just giving yourself over to do whatever you feel like doing. Um, you know, there's a scripture, it says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Okay. What are the, the benefits of abstinence? What are the benefits of celibacy? You know, what are the benefits of those things? And you know what? I think that's something that I want to get into in tomorrow's episode. Like, what is celibacy? What What is abstinence? Um, you know, we talked about, you know, how women, are, more women were saying no to casual sex. Like, what is it supposed to be like when you're having when it comes to sex and it wouldn't when it in the confines of marriage how do you make sure that you're not being selfish um with your spouse how do you make sure that every like both needs are met and not just one person's you know because when marriage is not about selfishness and so i want to get more into those um topics and i do have an upcoming episode that i'm really excited about with um, one of my friends chris church and we talk about sex and relationships um and I I'm in the midst of editing that episode, but I really, really liked having that conversation with him. And so hopefully um, that episode is the one either. I'm not sure because I really wanted to do it for the episode tomorrow, but I think, you know, maybe it might be next week. I'm not sure, but I just know that I want it to be a really great episode and it was a really great interview and he's going to be my first guest that I ever have um, on my podcast. So I'm really excited about that. Because I've never really had any guests on my podcast. So I am really excited for the episode. But yeah, I want to get some more into this topic. Like, what does it really mean to be sexy and free? What is abstinence? What is celibacy? Like, what does it really mean? Like, how was sex intended to be? Like, how did God see sex as being, as as what it's supposed to be? You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I want to get more into that. I want to definitely do some more research and get more into this topic again tomorrow. And remember, tomorrow's going to be the last time where I have two episodes um, per week because summer is ending, you know, sad. But it has been an amazing summer and I've really enjoyed um, 
doing two episodes per week from our podcast. But, you know, next week, go back to work and get back to the regular program of things. Um, but once again, this is Mishka and this is a Simply Mishka podcast. I hope you guys have a fantastic day, fantastic week. All right. Bye.